Come on, will we, can we just lift our voice of gratitude to Him right now? Can we just lift a voice of thanksgiving and just go ahead and set the tone for this year. This will be a house of prayer and a house of worship. Could we just set that tone today? Amen. Those of you that are watching online, would you join us? Would you create a sanctuary of praise right there in your home right now? Come on, church. Let's lift up a voice of thanksgiving and a voice of praise to the Lord. God, we establish that this year will be a year of thanksgiving. This year will be a year where we exalt you and we magnify you and we come with faith and we come with confidence today. Praise the Lord. I'm so thankful that we feel the victory of Jesus Christ in this place today. And I'm so thankful we can start off this first Sunday of 2021 with a sense of confidence, feeling the presence of the Lord, knowing that He is here. And we're here. Amen. There's no place I would rather be than in the house of the Lord, worshiping the Lord together with you. If you have your Bibles, I want to turn to 2 Corinthians. Those of you that are watching online, thank you for joining in with us. I wish you could be here. And I know that many of you should not perhaps be here, but I, I appreciate you joining in with us. And um, I have this feeling, though, that if you'll, if you'll open your hearts and worship with us, you can feel exactly what we're feeling. And so I want to encourage you to open your hearts and let the Lord Jesus be a witness right where you are in your homes today. As you're turning to 2 Corinthians chapter 11, I want to echo the thankfulness and the gratitude that we have uh, for your faithfulness in giving. Um, the Lord was good to us in 2020, and although there were so many uncertainties, the giving of our church remained constant, and that means that we were able to support all the missionaries that we'd committed to. We took on some new missionaries, took on some additional missions projects, of course. We were able to sustain everything that we do here, and uh, I thank you for that. But more than paying bills, it is ministry, and it is our spiritual discipline. And so I thank you that during these challenging times that you remained faithful and uh, faithful to your commitments to the Lord and to the kingdom. And we are very thankful for that. And uh, as you heard mentioned, probably got many emails. There was an issue with PayPal. I don't uh, know. It was on their end. They did some sort of upgrade or something. If you're having trouble giving online, uh, contact our office. We can hopefully help you out with that. And thank you for a great uh, Christmas for Christ offering. It's still trickling in. And uh, I'm just going to make a little dispensation of grace here. We have another week or two until we have to send that offering in. And if you forgot, or maybe you got something for Christmas you didn't like. Why don't you return that thing and take that money and give it to Christmas for Christ? You're not going to use it anyway. It's just going to sit there in the middle of the house. So um, if you would like to get in on the Christmas for Christ offering, that's an offering we use to support North American missions. I encourage you to do so. We'll let you slide in here at the midnight hour. Amen. Obviously, we're in a, a, another surge of this pandemic and I appreciate your diligence and your faithfulness. We will do everything we can as a church to remain faithful, to remain responsible, but to live in faith and to live in confidence. And uh, we uh, <clears throat> will see in the next week or two how all the holiday uh, situation works out and what it means. We don't really know. Uh, we will try to uh, do a couple things as a church. One, we're going to try to maintain, we will maintain our responsibility to each and every one of you to create a safe place here. And so we will do that. Second, we will try to minimize the amount of change uh, that our church goes through, and so we'll try not to make hasty decisions or rash decisions, but decisions that help us all move forward. And last week, as you know, we chose to be online only due to the situation with the holidays and also um, with typical low attendance anyway due to travel for the holidays. We thought it was a safe way, a good way, good opportunity to take a break. And so I'm thankful that we can be back today. Our intentions are to maintain this model that we've been working with Sunday mornings and Wednesday nights through the first quarter at least from everything I can read or have read and what I can tell. I don't suspect a whole lot's going to change in the first quarter. So we will proceed as we have been. And so I, and to those of you watching online, particularly if you feel unsafe being here on Sundays, uh, there's a lot more room on Wednesday, so if you'd like to kind of experiment and get back in the water, I would challenge you to come on Wednesday night to our Bible study. It's a great time to have a little worship and a little fellowship from a distance. You can wave at people across the room, uh, but also a time of Bible study together. I encourage you uh, to consider that. We try to stay connected with the church. Of course, some of these things can change rather quickly, 
and we, we stay connected because of the nature of this primarily with email and social media. And if you are not getting correspondence from the church in, on, in that way, contact our office. If you're not receiving email from us, it's because you spammed us, you hit us, you put us in your junk folder, or maybe we just have a wrong address. Uh, contact our office, make sure we have your correct email address. And you, if you're on social media, you can follow us on social media. We give all these updates there. And if you ever have a question, feel free to call our church office. Call someone in the church. I want to make sure that you know what's going on, particularly with regard to our service schedule. We don't want anyone left out. 2 Corinthians chapter 11. 2 Corinthians chapter 11. In verse 3, I'm reading from the New King James Version this morning. 2 Corinthians is a fascinating book. We don't have time to go into all the nuances of it here today. But uh, clearly some correction, some rebuke, some issues going on. But in verse 3 of chapter 11, this is what Paul says. But I fear lest somehow as the serpent deceived Eve by his craftiness, so your minds may be corrupted from the simplicity that is in Christ. I fear, Paul says, that as the servant deceived Eve, by his craftiness, so your minds may be corrupted from the simplicity that is in Christ. And I want to preach this first Sunday of the new year, just a very simple thought. Keep it simple. Keep it simple. There's a lot of complexity out there. But at the end of the day, it's not that complicated. And I want to encourage us today to keep it simple. I wonder if we could just, again, give some praise to the Lord. A sincere heartfelt, sincere gratitude from the Lord. If you're online with, with us, would you, would you lift your voices in your home right now? If you're at home, would you grab maybe the hand of the person next to you in your living room? If you're with someone, why don't we lift voices and hands to heaven right now? Church, would, could we lift that voice to Him? Gracious God, we are thankful to you today. We thank you for your goodness, your mercies, your compassions that don't fail. God, you're the same yesterday, today, and forever. In you there is no variableness nor shadow of turning. God, we know you to be constant. We know you to be unchanging. We know you to be the same God that you are, that you've always been. You are that God today and we worship you. We celebrate your goodness to us. We honor you today. Be with us. We give praise and thanks in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. The Lord bless you. You may be seated. Last year, and can somebody take a moment to celebrate the fact that 2020 is last year? Last year was one of the most bizarre, if not the most bizarre year of our lifetime. There were deep social issues in our nation. And these issues call out things that sometimes we may not even be aware of. They also call out extremists who never let a good crisis go to waste. And from the margins, extreme views, which themselves are ungodly and unjust, gain a toehold in our public discourse. And it seems like once you cross those thresholds, you never go back. We experienced a pandemic for the first time in our lifetimes. And while COVID is not nearly as deadly as many of the pandemics that have gone before it, it has definitely changed our world and changed our lives forever. We all know someone who's had the virus. Most of us know someone who has died from the virus. We've had people worship here who have died from the virus. Several of us have had the virus. Several of our United Pentecostal Church pastors, evangelists, and missionaries have died from the virus. I personally know Two pastors today who are struggling with COVID, one who is hospitalized. We wear masks in public. We avoid crowds. And finally, we wash our hands. <laughs> we have watched health officials and 
scientists change their recommendations as we have learned more about this thing over the past several months. We've watched public officials act and overreact as they have tried to formulate policy which would ensure the safety of the general public. We also ourselves have debated, and sometimes from the safety of the sidelines, when our opinions affect no one, where it is easy to criticize the difficult decisions our elected officials have had to make. And while the nation argues and debates and fights, the first responders and nurses and doctors and law enforcement and other civil servants have continued to put themselves on the front lines to do their jobs and serve us in spite of it all. Many, including you, have worked from home. Kids have done their schoolwork, or not, from home. We witnessed a fourth straight year of divisive politics. 2020 was an election year and mud was slung all over the place. If you're not careful, you may have gotten some on yourself. More than 140 million people went to the polls. Not that many went to church. Half of the country was angry about the direction in which we were headed. And now the other half is angry about the direction in which we are headed. And many are still making allegations about the election. And the rest are making allegations about those making allegations about the election. But let's break it down. The pressures of last year revealed the cracks and the fissures in relationships. It was as if we were living inside a pressure cooker last year. And the cracks and the weaknesses of even our own emotional health and social infrastructure and even in the church all became apparent. Whatever the struggles were, we know now. Whatever we had hoped to conceal... We see now, things buried beneath the surface floated up to the top. The weaknesses and frustrations we typically dealt with suddenly became problematic. The unending news cycles tended to make us cynical. And the politicization of our health and economy and the election process has made people angry and isolation from those we love has taken its toll. And worshiping God without being able to touch a brother or a sister only deals with part of our issues. Paul warned the Corinthian church, he said, I fear. He said, I fear lest somehow as the, as the serpent deceived Eve by his craftiness, so your minds may be corrupted away from the simplicity that is in Christ. Some translations translate it may be led astray from a sincere and pure devotion. In other words, a very pure and simple understanding of God, a simple understanding of the gospel, a simple commitment to the gospel, a simple comprehension of God in flesh to redeem us and our commitments to the core doctrines of Scripture. He says, I am afraid that as that serpent by his craftiness deceived her that that same sort of thing might corrupt our minds and we may lose sight of the simplicity, the simplicity, the sincere and pure devotion that we have to Christ Jesus. Paul is admonishing them to, to remember how simple the gospel is and how simple a commitment to the gospel can and should be and how simple our commitment should be. The devil manifesting through that serpent in the garden, complicated the simplicity of God's Word. He didn't deny it. He just raised questions with Eve. 
He just simply raised the question, has God said? Just the question, the statement gets turned into a question. The, the revelation gets turned into a, into a, a, a topic for debate. The, 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 the understanding that God has given to Adam and Eve becomes, well, it becomes a, a topic that humans can debate. It's not the unfallible word of God. It's not the unchanging word of God. Perhaps there's something more there. Perhaps you've misunderstood. Perhaps it, it doesn't mean what you always thought it meant, but the, the, the declaration of God's word now becomes the subject of human reasoning. That's what happened in the garden. And Paul says, I'm afraid. I'm afraid that that same craftiness has caused you to drift away from the simplicity that is in Christ Jesus. Our minds are where the ultimate battle takes place. Our minds are where the ultimate struggles take place. Sin begins in our minds, according to James, he said, but each one of us is tempted when he's drawn away from his own desires and he's enticed. And then when desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin, and sin, when it is full grown, brings forth death. But it all starts with the mind. It's not just sin, but it's our overall spiritual life and health, our overall spiritual victory. Paul says to the Romans, he says, don't be conformed to this world. Don't, don't let the world press you into the mold around it. But he said, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Paul admonished the Philippians to be careful what they thought about. To be careful what they allowed their minds to focus on. And he emphatically in, a, in Philippians 4 and 8 just simply says, think on these things. And if it's not in that list, it would be a good thing to avoid. You can read the list in your own time. A year like 2020 leaves a debris field in our minds. There's all kinds of questions and there's all kinds of issues and there's all kinds of debates and there's all kinds of undone business and there's all kinds of social issues and there's all kinds of politics and, and there's all kinds of medical and science and our own fears and worries and doubts and things that have emerged and our minds get, dis or our minds get cluttered with the things that are of this world and, and our minds become like a debris field filled with the garbage and the junk and the stuff and the brokenness and the pieces and the fragments of all that went on in 2020. And our disciplines in this context can deteriorate. And in many ways, and in many ways, we may have gotten in that environment just a little lax. 2020 felt like a year of defense in the spirit. It didn't feel like a year of offense where there was conquering and where there was taking of new ground and where strongholds were coming down. But I think if we're honest, most people felt like they were on the defense and they were reacting and they were responding and they weren't taking new territory, but they were just holding the fort. They were responding and reacting. And in all of this clutter and in all of this chaos, hear the words of Paul. He says, I fear lest somehow as the serpent deceived Eve by his craftiness, so your minds may be corrupted from the simplicity that is in Christ, a sincere and pure devotion of Christ. My message today is simply this. Keep it simple. There are debates that we can engage in and we would not solve them because we have not solved them to, to this point. There are political differences even in this room of a very diverse church for which we are thankful that we will not solve in this lifetime. There are differences of opinion. It's easy to focus on that, but even drilling down into your local life, into your home, into your family, there are circumstances and issues and there's debris and there's distractions and there's things and there's stuff. And if we're not careful, life becomes complicated and then living for God becomes complicated and we begin to impose questions on God and we begin to impose things on God and we begin to place demands on God and the serpent speaks to us and says, Has God said? And in these times we wonder, Is God true? Is God faithful? Do all of those things matter? And in these moments, we can find ourselves struggling against the simplicity that is in Christ. I want to encourage you today, and I want to challenge you today, 
that this is the time to refocus and to concentrate our efforts and to march on in the battle and keep it simple. To focus on the main thing and to keep the main thing the main thing. Don't be deceived by the craftiness of the enemy. I don't care what they try to do in Washington or in Hollywood. And I'll speak more specifically about this in coming weeks. As you know, the Speaker of the House is trying to remove in the House rules all gender language. You can't say father on the floor of the House of Representatives anymore. You can't say mother. Can I tell you today that truth is still truth and it hasn't changed. It doesn't matter what is popular and it doesn't matter what the devil would try to sow. Keep it simple. Don't be deceived by the craftiness of the enemy. I will say more of this in future sermons, but I want to encourage you to zone in. Hear me, if you are less than 20 years old, probably less than 30 years old, you have grown up in a very different world than the world of history. You've grown up in a very different world than a world of your forefathers in the Pentecostal movement. You've grown up in a very different world than the world in which this church was planted in. You've grown up in a very different world than the world of the reformers and the world of the apostles. It's not your fault, but can I tell you today, there is still something called truth and there is still something called God and he does not change, and he is the same yesterday, today, and forever, and it is still true that God is true, and that he is unchanging, and he is a miracle worker. It is still true that God has created things, and he has set the created world in its place, and there are things that are right, and there are things that are wrong. This is not to condemn us. We're all condemned already, but it is to say there is a way that seems right to man, but the end is destruction. But if you follow God, if you just keep it simple. You don't have to embrace every ideology. You don't have to embrace every philosophy. You don't have to believe every professor. You don't have to believe every rock star. But if you'll get your hands around the simplicity of the gospel of Jesus Christ, it will change your life. Keep it simple. Keep it simple. Keep it simple. Don't be deceived by the craftiness of the enemy. We didn't get here to this point by compromising. And compromising doesn't get us farther down the road. We didn't get here by saying Jesus is a way. We got here by saying Jesus is the way. We didn't get here by not having a demonstration of the Holy Ghost. We got here because the Spirit moves freely among us. Your life wasn't changed because you thought yourself into change. Your life was changed because of an old rugged cross and the power of the Holy Ghost. Can I tell you not to be deceived today? We didn't get this far by being as close to the world as we could. We got this far by trusting in God. We got this far by walking in commitment. We got this far by walking in holiness. Don't be deceived. Don't be deceived, but keep it simple. The same God who got us through the last battles will get us through this battle. The same God who got us through the last circumstance will get us through this circumstance. We can't afford to be distracted. I think we're settled into a routine now. Now we'll see what kind of bug comes out of Cambodia this year. But we sort of know what we're dealing with. And we can't afford to get distracted. Maybe you got off a bit in 2020. Maybe you are in a spiritual slump today. I don't know, maybe a handful of us even got lazy. Got discouraged. Why don't you shake it off today? Why don't you just shake it off today? The battle is not over, I can assure you. There is still an enemy. And Washington is still there. And the virus is still there. And worse than that, the devil is still there. But the battle will continue to rage. But I also declare to you, neither are we done fighting either. Whatever battles come our way, if we keep it simple, we have been predestined to win. We have been predestined to conquer. 
And I want to speak to you today that no matter what 2020 may have taken from you, this is a time to embrace the newness of this year. And this is a time to keep it simple and to say, devil, you're not getting in this brain. Devil, you're not getting in this family. Devil, you're not getting in this church. Devil, you're not getting in this revival. It is a time to press forward and keep it simple. People still need Jesus. People still need miracles. I still believe he does it. Keep it simple. Keep it simple. This is our day. This is our day. I know it's chaos out there, but this is our day. I know there's trouble out there, but this is our day. I know there's issues, but this is our day. You read the book of Acts. I was reading Acts the last couple of days. And you would think these guys are in the will of God, right? They walked around with Jesus. Jesus told them, you're going to be the ones. He left them. You know, they see all these miracles. He ascends up into heaven. That was pretty cool. Sends them back to Jerusalem. Wait till you be endued with power from on high. And then you go preach the gospel. I mean, these guys are in God's will, right? Yeah. Well, you don't get past chapter 3. And they're getting beat up. And they're getting thrown in jail. And they're being persecuted. Just because there's difficulty does not mean that God is not working. And just because there's opposition does not mean that you're not in the will of God. God works in the hardship. God works through the persecution. God works in the middle of the jail cell. God works in the middle of the beatings. Can I tell you that it's not a time to hang your head in discouragement, but it's time to keep it simple. If he's called you, then walk in it. If he's spoken to you, then go with it. It is a time to be a witness of Jesus Christ. Keep it simple and let the gospel do the work. Shake that slump off. Shake that discouragement off. Shake that depression off. Shake that anxiety off. Shake that sense of it just doesn't matter. Just go ahead and shake it off. It does matter. There are two million people around us today that need to know the power of the Holy Ghost. And this church can be a a beacon. This church can be a place where they can know Jesus Christ. Jesus told a parable about the kingdom. I'm trying to hurry. Don't want to get too distracted. But Jesus told a parable about the kingdom. And in this parable, Jesus said, he said it was a farming parable. Many of his parables were agricultural, just very common to that sort of uh, agrarian lifestyle. And in this parable, he said that there were these farmers. They went out and they sowed their crop. And then while they slept, which is a normal thing for a farmer to do, if you're tired, you sleep. But he said while they slept, they had to renew themselves. They had to rest. They had to take care of themselves. While they're resting and asleep, an enemy comes in and sows weeds and thorns in their crop. I want to encourage you today. This is not a time to take it easy. Heads of households, hear me. This is not a time to just let the media stream uncontrolled and unrestricted into your home. This is not a time to give into the garbage that's coming over your internet wires and into your smartphones. Be careful what's sowing into your crop while you sleep. I want to encourage each and every one of you, be careful what's sowing into you. This is not the time to say, well, I can't go to youth group because we don't have it right now, or I can't do this because we don't have it right now, and just to veg back and let Hollywood pump you full of garbage, or worse yet, the news media pump you full of garbage. This is a time to say, this is my field, and I'm going to make sure there's good seed in my field. I'm going to make sure there's a good harvest in my field. This is not a time to be caught sleeping. It's a time to press forward. It's a time to march on. You know what our world needs right now? It doesn't need more fear. It doesn't need more anxiety. It needs somebody just like you with a mask on in your workplace or in the grocery store with a testimony that although I have to wear a dumb mask and I can't touch anything and I can't go anywhere, I want you to know I still have faith and I want you to know I'm still encouraged and I want you to know God's still working in my life. I am a witness. I'm a testimony of what God is doing. Not a time to fall asleep time to be strong. It's a time to be courageous. It's not a time to tuck our heads. Yes, 
Yes, we have suffered. Yes, we have encountered difficulty. Yes, we have encountered hardship. But so is everyone else in the world. And if we're all on the same playing field, then it seems like we ought to be the light. And if we're all on the same playing field, we ought to be the voice of faith, not another political voice of discouragement, not another voice of anxiety about a pandemic, but a voice of hope that says Jesus is the light of the world and you can be filled with the Holy Ghost. And if you have a need, can I pray for you? We need to wake up and be the church today. Not after the vaccine. Not when everything's back to normal. Right now. Right now is the time. Don't be caught sleeping. Keep it simple. Keep it simple. If you need to repent, do so today. There's no reason to wait any farther. If there's something you need to do, and, and when I say that word repent, all of you church folks tune out and think I'm talking to a visitor. If there's something you need to do today, do it. If there's something you need to stop doing today, stop it. If there's consecrations you need to renew today, renew them. In other words, keep it simple. Our victory is not out in some mystical realm somewhere. Our victory is not in some foggy sort of ethereal world that's, you know, invisible to us. Our victory is staring us in the mirror every morning. And it's happening right between our ears. It's where we seize faith and where we make commitments and where we decide to live for God and where we decide to be filled with faith and where we decide to keep putting one foot in front of the other. I want to encourage you and I want to challenge you today. Keep it simple and do what you need to do, what God's been speaking to you to do. Step out and do it. Don't delay. Don't wait for COVID. I don't know. COVID may be with us forever. The vaccine may not work. I don't know. Your kidneys may swell and burst. I don't know. I have no idea. I don't really believe that, so don't, I didn't tell you not to go get a vaccine, so don't be quoting me, all right? We don't know what's going to happen. I have no idea what's going to happen, but how long are we going to put God on hold? How long are we going to put revival on hold? You mean to tell me that revival in God is on Washington's time frame? That revival in God is on the city of Austin's time frame? That revival in God is on Pfizer's time frame? I say no, a million times no. Let God be God and every man a liar. God is able to move in this place right now. He is able to set every captive free in this house right now. Those of you watching online, can I encourage you to lift your hands to heaven right now? Lift a voice, a shout, a prayer. In your home right now, God can fill you with the Holy Ghost. God can deliver you. He can speak renewing and strengthen to your life. Keep it simple. We come in here all laden and burdened and bogged down with social issues and scientific issues and medical issues, and we lose the simplicity of the gospel. All of this is not going to be solved in this lifetime. All of us are not going to be healed in this lifetime. All of our prayers are not going to be answered in this lifetime. The simplicity of the gospel is that Jesus died and was buried and rose again. And if you believe in him, he'll fill you with his spirit and you have hope of resurrection someday. Keep it simple. Keep it simple. We learned some things this past year. We really already knew them, but we... We learned them all over again. We learned that we're, we're far less in control than we thought we were. We learned that our will means very little to the universe. But we also learned God is faithful. And though you can't track Him, you can trust Him. And when stuff doesn't make sense, you can still rely on Him. We may not have been able to control things that we thought we could, even down to the simplicity of the schedules of our day and where we go and what we buy and how we converse with individuals. But we can still know that God is faithful and He is unchanging. We can still know this. We also learned again this year. We learn that the systems of the world are opposed to godly values. 
And they will do everything they can to dismantle Christian beliefs and values. But we've also learned truth marches on. And it does not change. And you can't stamp it out. And you can't get rid of it. We learned that we are far more resilient than we thought we were. Affluence softens us up. That's right. Because we live in an affluent society, we cringe at the first whiff of adversity. As if it would shrivel us up and kill us. But once we are exposed to trouble, we begin to realize that we're tougher than we thought. And we begin now to realize that we are better when we live by faith. We're not near as weak as we thought, and we're not near as strong as we thought. But we can walk by faith in God. We can keep walking by faith. And these trials are not going to destroy you. These trials are not going to be the end of you. Until God says it's over, it's not over. I want you to know that living by faith is when we are at our best. There are times this year that many of you have had to live by faith. No answers, no direction. We don't know where we're going. I've had these experiences for months as a pastor. What are we doing? Do we shut down the church? Do I go to the hospital and pray with someone? Can I touch someone? What do we do? How do we do this and that and the other? What do we do with our disciples? How do we connect with people? And you're making decision after decision. But in your families and on your jobs, there's decisions and things. But when you keep walking by faith, God has a way of opening doors at the last minute. And God has a way of getting you through the wilderness and through the forest. Why? Because you're living by faith. Could it be that we're learning a lesson we should have known all too well before now. And that is the just shall live by faith. We don't live by our understandings. We don't live by our self-reliance. We don't live by what we can muster. We don't live by what we can accomplish. The just live by faith. We are better. We have learned that we are better when we are focused on the things of God. I want to point something out to you. More time. More time and flexible schedules do not translate into more prayer. Somebody say amen. amen. We have to be intentional. In our walk with God. We have to be purposeful. In our walk with God. And when we're not. All the time in the world. Only makes us worse. Because we fill that time with junk. We fill that time with worry. We fill that time with anxiety. We fill that time on social media or on the news, or watching every bunker news agency put out conspiracies. We'll lose half the church right there. Or mainline news putting out conspiracies, or not putting them out. Who knows? But when we are intentional about our walk with God, we are better. And when we're not, we're not. And we have learned this year, we have learned this year that we're better when we're focused on the things of God. And I want to challenge you, no matter what comes in this new year, that you remain focused with a steadfast glaze, with a glare on the things of God. As the writer of Hebrews said, running patiently this race, looking to Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. In other words, you are running a distance run and you're not looking to right nor to left, but you're looking to Jesus. I want to challenge you today to have intention when you run. Know where you'll pray tomorrow. Know when you'll pray tomorrow. Know how long you'll pray tomorrow. Know when you'll read your Bible tomorrow. Read and study and pray and seek God with intention. Don't leave it up to, well, if I get around to it. Don't leave it up to, well, I'd like to do it. Don't leave it up to, well, I was going to do it. You need to 
have a passion for it. Job said, I have esteemed you more than my necessary food. Can I tell you, there should be a desire, there should be a hunger, and there should be a longing inside of us for the presence and the Word of God. Why? Because we're better for it. We are victorious with it. We are doing great things when God works through us. Keep it simple. Keep it simple. Keep it simple. We are better when we're focused on the things of God. Let me ask you. Are you better? Are you better when you focus on social media and news? Are you better for that? Are you better because you know every latest update from all this political wrangling? Are you better for that? Okay. Are you better? Because you know every single detail about what the city of Austin says about a pandemic. Are you better because you know what Washington says about it? Anybody love Dr. Fauci? God rest his soul. I mean, I work from the assumption that these are all good people playing three-dimensional chess who don't have any idea what they're doing, but they're trying their dead-level best to do something. That's just kind of what I, I work with that assumption. I don't think they're inherently evil, but we could have that debate. Okay. But are you better? Are you more like Jesus? Scrolling through that feed. Some of you, one in the morning, like, share. What are you doing? I mean, really, what are you doing? You need to be intentional about your walk with God. Once something's in your brain, it doesn't disappear. That's why some of you right now can have a flashback of an image of something that happened to you or something you did or something you watched 30 years ago that you shouldn't have. Once it's in here, it's there forever. I want you to get intentional about your mind and get intentional about the things of God. Keep it simple. If you want to have victory, you got to serve Jesus. If you want to have victory, you got to be in His Word. If you want to have power, you got to pray. I'm telling you, keep it simple. Keep it simple. The fallacy we make that if a church is good enough, then I'll overcome. I didn't get a blessing today because, well, PJ didn't jump enough, right? That's, you know, they didn't give the right song to the right soloist. And, you know, they didn't do their thing and the preacher was just ranting again. And so, in other words, we put our victory in the hands of this stage. I got news for you. Your victory is not the result of this stage. Your victory is the result of what you do in your home Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday and Thursday and Friday and Saturday. If you go into eternity without God, it's not my fault. If you don't have victory, it's not their fault. Can I challenge new life to keep it simple and to get on your face before God this year and to say, God, if you can use anything, then you can use me. You know, we have some a bondage or addiction. We'll come down here to the altar and want the evangelist to lay hands on us and pray for us. It's not his job. The Bible says repent. Sometimes we want God to do what he's told us to do. Sometimes we sit here and pray for a revival. You know what scripture says? Go preach. Sometimes we say, God, send us souls. And Jesus said, go out into the highways and the hedges and compel them to come. Hey, I want to know if we're serious this year. I want to know if there's some simplicity that could get a hold of us. It may not be as complicated as we thought, but if we walk in the Spirit, we won't fulfill the lust of the flesh. Well, I feel some breakthroughs coming this year. It's not complicated. Hey, we can have fancy church and evolve and get all the new songs and maybe get some lights and smoke and all that. Okay, fine, that's cool. But the simplicity of the gospel is that there's a God in heaven and he wants to touch people on earth. And if you'll seek him with all of your heart, you will find him. You'll find him. We live in a world of consumer Christianity. And it's not... It's not just the non-denominational world. It's not just the larger evangelical world. People want the church that's going to fit them, what they want, what they need, what they desire. It's like, you know, you're going through the, you know, you're going through, you know, Google and you're searching for, okay, I want this ideal pastor and I want this ideal pastor's wife and I want to select this, you know, youth ministry and I'd like this kind of music. It's like we think we can custom order the church. Now, the church ought to be effective. We try. 
And every church is not for everybody. I get that. understand that. But at the end of the day, the common problem for most individuals is not the church. You can be saved in just about any kind of church. You can have victory in just about any kind of church. You can bring a voice of division or a voice of unity in just about any kind of church. You can be for it or against it in just about any kind of church. You can be a voice of praise or a voice of pouting in just about any kind of church. You can have victory or you can have defeat in just about any kind of church. What I'm saying is the choice is up to us today to keep it simple and to realize I may be a lot closer to victory than I thought I was. Keep it simple. We learn that we're better when God works through us. We learn that what we have to offer is not usually quite enough. But God's able to work through us. We've learned to bring the little sack lunch to Jesus and let him bless it and break it and multiply it. And then he can feed the multitudes with it. Don't say no to God. Don't say what God can or cannot do with what you have. We've learned this year particularly that what we have is not enough, but we've also learned that if we give it to God, we are at our best when God works through us. We've also learned that we're better together. And I realize in this time we have challenges getting together. But these Sundays and Wednesdays are those moments for us. Get together. Those of you that are online, I know many of you can't be here, and I celebrate with you that God can work in your home. I'm glad we have this technology. But this is how we gather. We have some that can't be here that gather this way. We have those of you that are here together. But don't neglect to gather. If you shouldn't be here, then don't be here. But if you're in Walmart every day, you should be here. Don't use this for an excuse. And, and I want to say this very clearly, heads of households, if you have minors living in your home, you may have set a pattern since March to December on a new way of serving God. And I just want to sound the alarm. If the kids are at everything else kids do, and if the family's at everything else families do, then they need to be in church. Keep it simple. As you heard, today starts the beginning of our month of devotion, our annual month of consecration as a church. Today we begin that as a time of focus. I love these months. And what we generally see, of course, everything feels differently this year. We, you know, we have far less than half of the people that would typically be here generally in a church service probably today, maybe a third or a fourth even. And so the room doesn't feel as, like it has as much energy in it. You have to sing a little louder with your mask on, and you may not can hear the person next to you because they have their mask on. and It just, just feels a little different. But in spite of all that, what we witness year after year after year is after about the second week of our praying and fasting, we start feeling something different in here. I just give you a clue. It's not God because he's the same. We're throwing stuff off. We're taking off layers. We're getting rid of obstacles. We're taking away the cataracts. We're taking the stuff out of our ears. And when we come in here, we can hear. And we can see. And just a little breeze of the Spirit of God. And we're like, yes. I want to encourage you to embrace this month. Embrace this month. Times of prayer, take daily times of prayer. Go ahead and just figure it out today. Today, I want you to decide where you're going to pray and when you're going to pray. If you don't know when and where you're going to pray tomorrow, chances are you're not going to pray tomorrow. You may intend to, you may want to, you may desire to, but if you don't have a place and a time, life is going to take over. Pray. If you have a family, pray with your family. Pray alone. Pray. Every Friday night for the rest of the month, the church will be open 7.30 to 9. Come and go as you'd like. My wife and I will be here praying. We encourage you to join us. Going to pray. Times of fasting. Now, there's a lot of things people fast to avoid fasting. <clears throat> I 
I get it, it's no fun. That's kind of the point. Fasting, by definition, is where you push aside food. I think it's harder for us, again, in an affluent society because we're used to unlimited supplies of delicacies. Uh, and there's stuff in that, like sugars and things that it's hard to let go of. Fasting. Take some times every week of fasting. If you, if you don't understand fasting or want to talk about it, I'll be glad to talk to you. But it's where you set aside food. If you have health issues, you may have to do a limited diet or a scaled-back diet. Some people um, <clears throat> do just a prolonged season for maybe a whole month of a very limited diet. If that's the kind of diet you eat anyway, then it doesn't work. You're, the point is to discipline your body. So, and the point, you know, if you, if you want to do one of these Daniel fasts, which there's really no such thing in the Bible, but <clears throat> two different passages in the Bible get merged together. And the point is you just eat simple foods, which is fine. Uh, a lot of people eat that way already, though. But I'll just give you one little clue. The, the, the goal of the Daniel fast is not to go buy the Daniel fast cookbook and make the most delicious food you can make. You have missed the point. The closest thing that I could liken to what happened to Daniel to today is if you were to eat plain, unseasoned, unsugared, unflavored oatmeal every day. Okay? That's the point. I'm not talking about adding whole milk in it. I'm oatmeal. That's sort of the nature of it. So the point is to enter into a life of discipline. And to set aside those times in prayer. And I, I would encourage you to, to do something significant. Now, you need to mind your health. And I don't encourage you fasting multiple days if you've not done that before. And if you choose to do that, talk to me and I'll help you with that. But... Most of us can fast a day, eat a day, fast a day. In other words, there's seven days in a week. Do something substantial. Do something prolonged. Do something meaningful. Why? We're getting rid of clutter. We're trying to tune in. And I often use this example, and it really helps me, but you know, nobody listens, I guess, to AM and FM radio anymore. It's all satellite and whatever and streaming, but... You know, I remember my dad, when I was a kid, had a little uh, AM transistor radio that he listened to ball games on, you know? And uh, mom hated that, but dad would listen to these baseball games and football games, and at nighttime, you, on an AM radio station, you only get about every 13th word because it's static, because the, the radio signal is battling to get through the airwaves. It, doesn't, it, it can't get through all the, the stuff that's in the airwaves to get to your radio, and so you get about every third you know, word if you're lucky. But then when F, they started putting those things on FM, you could flip over to the FM, and it's like, poof. Now that's nice if you're close enough to the, to the tower. And then they came out with satellite, and pretty much wherever you are, you're tuned in. It's not that the signal's not being broadcast. It's that you can't connect to it and hear it. God is speaking. The question is whether or not we can tune into it. And when we go through life, it's like we're listening for God on AM radio. But when we start praying and fasting, it's like the FM radio kicks on. And then it notches up to the satellite radio. And we can hear what God's been trying to tell us all along. I encourage you, take significant times of prayer and significant times of fasting. I also want to encourage you to remove distractions. If you have a smartphone, I encourage you, first of all, to turn it off. If you can't do that, if you can't do that, turn on the thing that tracks your usage and shows how much time you spend on each app. Most Androids have this, iPhones have it. It'll tell you every day how much time you spend on this app, that app, and whatever app. And look at that report every day and see if that reflects the kind of life that is diligently seeking to hear the voice of God. And compare that to your time in prayer and your time in scripture. I'm not saying that's wrong. To be on that stuff. What I am saying is, if you're going to hear the voice of God, you got to clean out some other voices. 
there's not much more we can learn about this election cycle. You need to turn, tune in January 21st and figure out what happened. That's pretty much what you need to know. This incessant deluge of junk is desensitizing us to the voice of God. And I want to encourage you to just shut it out for a month. Just shut it out. One of the things that I do during the month of devotion a lot of times, I just delete the apps off my phone. Now I have a computer, so once a day I can check and see if somebody sent me a private message. Many of you do. At a minimum, turn the notifications off. Now I'm just being plain because I feel like I need to. Our winter renewal, you're going to love this, February the 7th and 14th, evangelist Nick Mahaney. He's never been here before. If you've never heard him, it's going to be very refreshing. And I want us to start praying for those services. But I fear lest somehow as the serpent deceived Eve by his craftiness, so your minds may be corrupted from the simplicity that is in Christ. I want us to stand in prayer together. If you're watching online with us, I want you to focus in prayer. You, you may be sitting comfortably and it may not seem appropriate where you are to stand. That, that's fine. Whatever you're doing at home is fine. But I want you to join in with us in prayer and I don't want you to leave quickly. If you're at home with us, this is not the time to run to the restroom or the kitchen. But I want you to linger. I want you to linger. We're going to be in a worshipful attitude here at the church and we're going to have a season of prayer. And, I'll walk off the stage. You won't see me. I'll be down here praying and, and, and talking to people, but our worship team's going to keep worshiping. And I, I want you to, we're going to leave that going for your benefit online so that you can join with us and feel that, what we're feeling. And all of us today, I want you to know that, it, that there's victory in Jesus Christ. You can keep it simple and win. You can get distracted by the clutter and get all tangled up, but you can keep it simple and you can win today. I wonder if you'd join me in prayer right now. I just want us to begin to lift our voices to God. I want us to begin to just talk to Him. I want us to begin to just start maybe with an attitude of worship. Thank you, Lord, for bringing us this far this year. Over the past year, you've brought us a long, long ways. And I want to thank you, Lord, for what you're doing in our church and in our lives, our families. Hallelujah. That's it. Would you give Him some thanks? You're here today. There's a lot of places you could be. There's a lot of blows and hits and turns and twists of the road that you've experienced this year, but you're here in the house of God. You're here watching us online today. I want you to just maybe let it become a, a true, heartfelt expression of gratitude to the Lord. Thank you. Thank you for your mercies. Thank you for your kindness. Oh, that's it. Can't you feel his touch? Can't you feel his presence? Come on, if you're online with us, would you lift your voices and just begin to create that atmosphere of victory in your home right now? Hallelujah. As we're here in the church, I hear voices begin to be lifted. Voices of thanksgiving and gratitude. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let those voices continue, but let them begin to, to morph after you, after you feel that worship. Let it begin to morph into some pray, prayers of commitment. And Lord, I want you to use me this year. God, I want to hear your voice. And I'm, God, I want to be directed. And, God, I want to hear clarification and confirmation. And God, I want, to, I, want to, I want you to open doors for me. That's it. Would you, would you pray for a while? I want us to spend some time in prayer. As always, you're welcome to come to the front. Please respect distance between one another. And if you come up to the front particularly, of course, we're all masked anyway, but make sure you're fully masked, nose, mouth, if you're among people. But I want us to pray. Would you seek the Lord today? And God, I want you to use me. I want you to work in my life, work in my family. Hallelujah. Come on, it's not complicated, it's simple. We complicate it and we think we have to have this ministry and that ministry and this kind of preacher and that song and this. We, we, it's not that complicated. Don't get complicated. Don't doubt your beliefs today. This is not the time for that. Don't let the, don't let the enemy like the serpent deceived Eve. Don't, don't, don't let him come in with his craftiness. This is not a time to second guess the word of God. It's not a time to second guess consecrations. Come on church, could we pray? Let's spend some time calling out to the Lord right now. God, work in our church today. Truth is not up for negotiation. Consecration is not up, Lord, to be debated. 
God, the way forward and the way of knowing you is the way it's always been. We'll seek you. We'll seek you earnestly. We'll seek you with all of our heart. Hallelujah. That's it. Lift your voices in prayer to him. Let a, vo let a prayer voice go out today. Let a praise go up. Let an intercession go up. Intercede for your families. Intercede for your circumstances, for your life today. God, you're able to work in this house right now. God, you're able to work across this internet broadcast right now. You're able to do, Lord, the miraculous right now. You're able to work right now. Hallelujah. Would you claim victory for your family right now? Come on, claim victory for your life. Claim victory for your home right now. Heads of households, intercede for your families. Intercede for your families. Hallelujah. Husbands and wives, intercede for your, for your marriages together. God, we're trusting in you today. You are our strength. You are our help and our hope today. Oh, God can lead you. God can confirm direction in your life. God can speak to you today. Claim it in Jesus' name. It doesn't have to be complicated. It doesn't have to be complex. God can work in your life right now. God can work in your life right now. God can speak to you right now. God can open doors right now. Oh, in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Oh, I feel his touch in this house. That's it. Lift your voices in prayer to him. Don't be hasty to leave, but please linger and pray for a while before you go. I know some of you that are perhaps some of our seniors, you may want to slide out to avoid the crowds. I understand that. God bless you. Be safe. Be careful. If you're otherwise or not in a hurry, just linger in prayer for a while. Linger in prayer for a while. Oh, I feel that God wants to do something. God wants to speak. He wants to move. He wants to anoint with fresh oil His people today. He wants to do great things among us. Hallelujah. Oh, bless your name, Jesus. Jesus, you don't owe me anything more than anything that you can do. I just Just gone through the motions. I'm sorry when I just sang another song. Take me back to where we start. I open up my heart to Jesus, you don't know. 